evening, everybody. It's time for the Everybody Counts podcast. This week, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 8. It's titled Dark Sky. I'm Tracy, or Captain Trey, as Dewan Johnson bestowed that name upon me. Thank you, Dewan. Mm-hmm. And who else mm-hmm. do I have here with me? Who's here tonight? Welliver B. Titus III, or sometimes known as Jay. Sometimes, but not, not tonight. Not tonight. All right. Anybody else here? Yes, we have Officer Pete. What's going on, everybody? Nice. We've got a full house. And we've got some exciting stuff coming down the pike tonight. Um, Some Maybe a couple of surprises. Um, I will go ahead and tell you guys. We're going to have a debrief with the man himself, Michael Conley. Yeah. So that... That is pretty exciting. Uh, I just, he's got some great stuff to share. I mean, just a lot of cool um, intel. So definitely hang around for that portion. So Dark Sky, episode eight. Let's let's sort of unpack that. Um, There's a lot going on. A lot of different storylines come into play. But I think first they had to pick up right away early on with, what we were left hanging with in episode seven, we find out that evidence was missing from the box of, of evidence, the dun, property dun, box dun. from um, the officer involved shooting with Frankie Sheen. Yep. Um, so someone has been in there and removed some evidence. And we were told that Amy Snyder checked that out. So Bosch is on top of that from the get go. He calls her aside right as she's walking in to the station. Um, but Amy says she didn't do it. That wasn't her. Well, wait a minute. It was your name. She's like, well, wait a minute. Look at the cameras. It wasn't me. And Bosch didn't even know that they had cameras in there, um, which is for good reason. Like she said, if everyone knew there were cameras, they wouldn't really serve a purpose. Um, so he goes and gets the the, uh, the footage from the camera. He also stops and talks to Irving about it, um, lets him know kind of at a high level what's going on. And it's interesting. There's a little conversation there where um, Irving points out, that he can kind of tell that Bosch isn't necessarily telling him everything, and that's okay. He doesn't want to know everything. Right. Um, which Pay for um, that way. Yeah. So um, he gets the, like, you know, a little flash drive with the camera footage, and he watches it with a bullet. Bullets. Um, that's like a, what is that, like, <laughs> subconscious? Freudian You're talking slip. about police. Yeah, Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he looks at it with billets, Captain Billets. Lieutenant, Captain, whatever you want to call her now, acting Captain. Um, either way, she's awesome. So they check it out, and who wants to reveal who they saw on the footage? Man, how terrible is it that it's like your counterpart, the person you're supposed to trust and believe in, mm-hmm. and they totally used your name? I mean, can you believe totally. that Officer Pete did that? Can you believe it? I mean, Officer <laughs> Pete... Of I all yeah. people, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, he he would do something like that. He totally would do something like that. I know it. I know it. Um, Don't be confused. It was not Officer Pete. Um, yeah, it was Gabriella Lincoln, like Snyder's partner yeah. with Internal yeah. Affairs. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, how like gut wrenching is that for someone to betray you? Um, we In don't Internal have Affairs, no less. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not. All, it's all not like a beat cop or something. I mean, this is right. like the cops of the cops. Exactly. Like, what? 
that's I think that's more than a slap in the face. I mean, I just yeah. wow. So they have to they have to find a way to talk to her and interrogate her, but they can't just walk in and say, "Hey, we saw you on this tape. We've caught you in a lie. Now tell us what happened." You know, that's that's not the way it's going to be productive. So they essentially have to come up with sort of a a scenario to to make her think that she's interrogating someone else when actually she's the one being questioned. Um, so they get Rooker involved, Frankie Sheehan's partner. And everyone knows that Rooker's not too keen on Bosch. So Bosch tells um, Gabriella Lincoln that um, they're going to have her help interrogate, that that might just kind of make it go more smoothly instead of having Bosch do it. So they, they bring her in under that premise. But um, bef- before they get to that point, I mean, um, Lieutenant Billets has looked at her background to look for information doesn't really see any red flags as far as her and she and like where they've sort of intersected in right. any uh, you know official way um but they do dig up some financials that show that she made two large deposits to a bank account that she opened in her and her daughter's name and they happen to coincide around the time that Howard Elias re- received settlements on his cases and i don't know this is a good trivia Pete do you remember any of the dollar amounts they were pretty big but I don't remember the exact dollar amounts. Nice try. Ooh, that is good trivia. Nice, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but they were significant. You know, they 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 stand out. Uh, we're not talking fifty dollars. So um, so they're gonna they bring her in and um, talk to her, thinking that she's gonna talk, uh, be talking to Rooker. But let's shift away from that for a minute because we've got a lot of other stuff. Um, going on as well. Um, before they get to that point, um, Amy Snyder um, has, you know, she's opened an investigation on Lincoln, you know, and that that takes a lot for a partner to 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 do that. You know, you must really suspect that there's a problem, but you know, she's trying to do the right thing and clear her name, of course, too. And she's out side outside the station and Edgar joins her out there and he can tell that, you know, she's kind of frustrated um, and they talk a bit and she's worried. Um, who wants to say, talk about what she's worried about? She's worried about her reputation like anybody else would be, right? That's pretty much what she was saying that she, anybody else won't want to work with her if they know that right. she, um, you know, ratted right. out her partner or took out an investigation yeah. on her partner. And that goes back to what, um, Billis told the the officer, what was it, last week, when she said, I'm not going to put this on file because you don't want the other people not to want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, exactly. So, you know, how is she going to have a good partner relationship again? You know, are they ever going to be tr- able to trust her? And, and J. Edgar points out that, you know, it depends on the partner. You know, he's certainly been through a lot with Bosch, and they kind of talk a little bit about that. But in the end, he assures her that she has done well, and that Bosch does see that, even though Bosch isn't going to really say it. Um, so I think that wasn't, wasn't that a what? great line? Wasn't that it a great was. line? Yeah, yes. Um, and I think it just says a lot about J. Edgar and his relationship with Bosch that he knows that he needs to tell her that he knows how Harry operates, and um, it's it's like almost like he's a mediator or something, you know, passing along um, the information. 
um, because it's important for her to know that, that she's doing well. So, yeah, they're having that great conversation. And then um, Harry comes out and interrupts them and says that they need to go back to the Golden Soup restaurant. And now we're going to shift gears to Eleanor's murder. Shall I proceed or does anybody else want to talk about what goes down at Golden Soup? Run with it, girl. You rocking it. All right. Golden Soup. We've got Ting, and he's the cousin of Ken Lin. Ting works at the restaurant. Ting was there and kind of um, overseeing the poker game that night, Eleanor's last fateful poker game. Ken Lin is his cousin, and um, you know, he's um, playing against Eleanor, and then he gets a beatdown majorly from uh, who we suspect is a Chinese national. Um, and they're trying to get a name. They're trying to figure out, connect the dots. Who is this guy? What was he here for? How can your cousin help us? Um, first of all, Ting, uh, that works at the restaurant, he pulls them into the kitchen. He's like, we're not going to talk about this, you know, in front of the customers. We need to get somewhere a little more private. Um, and they start asking him questions, and he seems really um, – kind of skittish, like nervous about the whole conversation. And he points out that, you know, when they want to get some information on his cousin, he says, you're putting, you know, my family in jeopardy. You know, this is not fair, basically. And Bosch, that does not sit well with him because his family member has been killed um, because of this whole encounter. And he slams him up against the cart. And uh, again, Edgar, being the calmer one, steps in and says, you know, everybody has family. And Bosch gives him his card, and um, they walk out. Now, they did get a name, which I'm not sure I can pronounce correctly. I think it's like Shi Wei Chen. Um, so that's the name that Ting had heard. You never know if it's an alias or something, whatever, but they do get that name. Bosch gives him his card after he slams him against the cart, and um, they head out, and they sort of have a little banter when they leave that, yeah, that guy's not going to be calling, you know, and um, – Harry apologizes for losing his temper, but that's kind of a, a dead end except for getting that name. And they decide they are going to approach um, someone named Detective Moy, who works in the gang unit at San Gabriel. Um, so later on in the episode, they do get in contact with him, and he doesn't really have any intel on this name, Shui Chen, that they give him, but um, he talks about a different group that might have informants that might know something about it. So he, he gets them kind of, you know, into the, the system there trying to find some folks that might have some information. And they go to these, um, I guess, what are, what are these places called? They have like karaoke parties. Anybody have any idea? Like your I've own never studios? Seen never seen that before. That's pretty cool. So they're having like these private parties with karaoke and they have this picture of this Chinese national and they're showing it around and trying to see if anybody has seen this. And everyone seems really uncomfortable about saying if they've seen this person or not. You know, it just doesn't seem like they're getting really solid information. Um, and in the midst of all that, Bosch spots two bikers come in. They have motorcycle helmets and he recognizes one of them definitely by the long hair. And he saw someone when the, the motorcycles guys that guys gals whatever we don't necessarily know at this point that killed Eleanor one of them had long hair hanging out the back and basically Bosch is able to ID them um, pretty pretty well that those are probably the ones that that killed Eleanor and they spot him they definitely recognize him because he was on site that day one of them raises a gun starts to fire 
Harry fires back. One of them goes down. One of them, the one with the long hair, I believe, gets away. Um, Harry chases him on foot, but he crosses in front of a car, and you, you can't shoot at an innocent person in a car, and he manages to get away. Um, so what do you think? Did they make some progress? I mean, you have to say they made some progress, but yet the guy got away. So um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like they're making some headway? Is this? I mean, it's sort of progress. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's progress because you. I don't know. I guess you sort of have answers, but at the same time, you can't do anything with what you've learned in this this aspect. Right. Like it's right. It's not fair. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. They're 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 moving along. They're getting some more information, but then they hit you know another. Not a dead end, but you know they, it, it, yeah, they just something can't win. stops them. Yeah, yeah they, they just can't, can't win. win. So um, before we get um, back to Gabriella and how they um, find a way to interrogate her by supposedly interrogating Rooker, just a couple other storylines that are going on, and we can get into these more later um, in our segments if we want. Um, Maddie goes on this sort of journey on her own, this personal journey. She goes out to, I guess it is Borrego Springs, and is trying to find this spot with the picture of she and her mom um, that was was taken when she was a child. And um, along the way, she thinks she loses her mom's engagement ring from Harry, and she gets worried, but then she finds it. And I think it was really telling that she wears the aviator shade. She looks a lot like Bosch driving along like he would. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, so it's just some interesting uh, parallels there. Um, but she tries to find that spot, and then nighttime comes along. And I almost thought that we were going to see a shooting star in the sky. I didn't notice one, but that had you know, been part of the story when they were there as a family when she was younger. Um, but, you know, she's working through her journey. And we also have um, – a, a, we have Irving. You know, he's getting uh, – some heat from the mayor and Bradley Walker. He's heard some information that they're probably trying to make him the scapegoat in this whole thing um, with their blue ribbon panel. They want to, you know, all the city's unrest and the the political problems and the um, all the tensions and everything. They're trying to, if something goes awry, they want to blame it on him. And um, his girlfriend June Park, she's she's pretty sharp. She um. She's a smart thinker, and she gives him an idea about using the rope-a-dope um, theory in trying to sort of combat their efforts against him, almost use what they're doing against them and wear them out with their own thing. Um, and if you want more information on that, if you don't know that uh, – do you guys know about rope-a-dope and Muhammad Ali and how you wear someone out with – let them wear them out with their punches and then – Slick Come back move, at him, man. Yeah, it's like, it's a smart move. It's a smart move. <laughs> it's a smart move. So it's good stuff, and it just—it's so cute to me. And maybe that's not the best word, but how it—it's—it's. Uh, it's, I love how um, June keeps revealing herself more and more to Chief Irving. You know, he's just learning. Well, she's just such an interesting woman, you know. Um, there's nothing stereotypical about her. She keeps surprising him with things. He's like, you know about that? You know. And she gives him good advice and he decides to enlist Desiree Zeely, the activist on the panel. You know, he seems to know that she really is searching for the truth um, and even though she hates the LAPD and has this, you know, um, 
she seems to be convinced that they're the problem. I think he also sees her as someone who is um, passionate about finding justice and finding the truth. Do you agree? I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is real simple. If okay. somebody is going to exert that much time and effort mm-hmm. into looking for justice, you might as yeah. well put them on payroll on a panel and allow them to make real decisions because you know they're going to be willing to put the effort in, and now you're giving yeah. them a chance to really go all in and have a, yeah. have a real say. So it's important. Yeah. So I think it was, a, it was a good move. I think it was a smooth move, a smart move, and just overall a good move. Now her fellow protesters are not too happy about it that she's having any cooperation um, with them at all. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where that develops. And um, so in the, in the end with um, Lincoln, they do sort of trap her into, um, you know, she basically says she was not, she did not do anything with the evident box. Um, and um, they say that, you know, she was on camera and then she tries to backpedal and say, well, I, you know, I was just trying to do some work on my own and, you know, make an effort and I, you know, and they're like, well, why did you use her name? You know, so they basically catch her um, not telling the truth and sort of, as they say, box her in. And um, she lets them know, she's like, well, if you want, she says she has more information. Like you don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're hitting up the wrong person, but if you want more information, we need the DA here. And um, so that's kind of where they, they leave it with that, but they, you know, they make, they get the job done and they get her talking and they're going to, they have leverage now to get her talking. So we will, we'll just have to find out more about that um, in the next episode. Um, yeah. Other stuff that might, that might come up um, later as we go through our segment, some funny stuff with crate and barrel, that um, Officer Pete might want to talk about. We'll put put a pin in that. Some interesting yeah. stuff, and, and. Um, just so. <laughs> yeah. What about what about the sugar smacks, Tracy? <gasps> is it time for sugar smacks? Is it sugar smacks time? It is time for oh, the sugar smacks. The, the a, one, the only. the only. I'm so excited about this. We have been talking to this certain person. Uh, on social media for like 764 years and have been like <laughs> long time pulling teeth to get her to join us for a podcast and yeah. she has finally done it. Sharon, yes. what's up, girl? Welcome, Sharon. Hi. Hello. She's here. I'm telling you, Sharon, Jay is not exaggerating. We are all giddy with excitement that we finally – convinced you to join us for a few minutes and we don't want to take up too much of your time but we are super excited that you're here because you're you're a super fan do you, you do realize that right well we've been tweeting together for a while so long yeah yeah <laughs> yeah not now not she's 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 underselling herself it's not tweeting <laughs> just tweeting sharon has excellent theories about several different shows that we all enjoy but um absolutely with Bosch. Um, so the first question we have for you, Sharon, and um, are you okay with us calling you Sheriff Sharon? We like to give nicknames on this podcast. Is that a suitable sure, nickname? Sure, go for it. All sure. right, Sheriff Sharon, <laughs> we would like to know, how did you um, begin watching Bosch, the series? What was your, what's your story there? Yeah, it's your fault, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I hate to see it. <laughs> I had seen it come up on Amazon Prime, I think, when I was watching Man in the High Castle or something. And I saw it, and I tried it, and I was like, "Mm." But then I saw you doing some of your recaps, and I thought, Mm -hmm. okay. And I gave it another 
try and yeah, was hooked completely. Okay. And you are a book reader, is that right? Yeah, but I never read the books. I didn't even realize it was a book until oh. after I dug into it a little bit. So yeah, oh, okay. so I actually watched it and then I went back to the books. Okay, so, so that's that's news to me. I, I I did not realize that. So see, I'm learning stuff, Jay, Officer yeah. Pete. This is good no, information. we're all learning something. This I wonder. Some I, I wonder though, if someone else is interested in this. Do you wonder about that, Tracy? Oh, I mean, I would think anybody would be interested in talking to Sharon. Do we have someone else who wants to come I, talk I, with us? I think I do. I, Hello, is it someone there? Hey Sharon, this is uh, Detective Pierce. I was just wondering. I was just wondering. Do you oh, really nice. like the Merce, or is it just something you say on social media? No, it's an absolute necessity. Come on. Necessity. <laughs> yes, it is. And and what else is a necessity? Having Detective Pierce on this show. You've become such a fan yeah. favorite this yeah, season, man. Sure. You're just on fire. And oh, and I got thank you. And the Merce plays right into it. And and Sharon knows. Sharon knitted a Merce um in honor of Dewan's character, Rondell Pierce. I mean, that is super fan right there. How cute was that? Was, that says, one was or the other. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was really awesome. And I, I just want to say thanks for being a fan of the show and of Detective Pierce. And uh, if you could do me one small favor and just answer those scrambles a little bit slower <laughs> so I can get. <laughs> Look, I've been trying to be into the answers, but I can't do it. So, you know. Yeah. He <laughs> tries to pull back, but I mean, when you're that, that sharp, it's, it's hard to it's not good. just come out and answer. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to keep you too long, Dewan, but I know you wanted to, to say hello to Sharon. And I just, I think it's a good time that we point out that in this episode that we're talking about tonight, episode eight of season four, Pierce nails it when he finds that bullet. And what does he have with him when he finds it? He's wearing the Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's solid right there. So I will say that I read this script when I read this uh, this episode, <laughs> and I, I we got to that uh, that scene. I got to that scene. It was I was jumping for joy. I was like, "Go, Pierce!" <laughs> 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 you know, it was, a, awesome. it was a great place. So um, I'm glad you guys appreciated it much as I did. So I am gonna have to cut out of here, but I just want yeah. to say hello to you, Sharon. Thank you for being oh, a hi. super fan, and I um um I'll be waiting for my, my mini Merce, okay? Okay. I'm waiting for it because okay. I want it. <laughs> okay. We're going to make it happen. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. We'll get it to you. You all have a great rest of your night and on the podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so all much, Dawn. Bye. 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 Oh, <laughs> how cool is that? That one was our, very cool. One of our favorite characters. And he loves you, Sharon. I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know already, I mean, he appreciates your fandom. As as do we all. So one other question we had for you, because we don't want to keep you too long, too. We know you have a lot going on. You knit. You, you're a runner. I think you're a teacher. I mean, you watch other shows. So we, we you know you're a busy lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're a busy lady, but we, know, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. So we know you're kind of familiar with the different segments that we cover. Could you pick one segment for tonight? The only thing we've done so far, we've just kind of done a general recap. So we have the interrogation room. 
um, persons of interest, evidence locker, um, and the tip line. So which one of those would you like to do with us before we let you go? Oh, uh, person of interest, maybe? Person of interest. Okay. Now, as the special guest, would you like to play or pass at this moment? Do you want to go ahead and tell us who your person of interest is in the episode, or do you want someone else to go first? I'll let somebody else go first. All right. We need a volunteer, guys, because it's not going to be me I either. Vote. I, vote. I can go. I, vote. I can go. You know that. It's all good. All right. Pete. Officer Pete. All right. Who do you have this week, Pete? All right. This week... There was a um, a few options. I feel like it wasn't wide open. It was kind of condensed. So I'm glad I got to go first because I got the easy ones. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Snyder. I felt like it was a big episode for her as far as her career and even in her life to get in with Bosch the way she did and to do the right thing. You know, when you have something like that that you know that happens, and she wasn't even in the loop in the beginning. Bosch didn't show her the the, the surveillance footage. She had to open up her own investigation and really mm-hmm. put herself on the line. And I felt like it was a big power episode because not only was she cleared when last episode, I thought she was dead in the water. Not only was she mm-hmm. cleared in this episode, but she built an important bridge, I felt, with the whole task force. And those guys yeah. are good people to know when you need to solve a crime or some sort of cold case. So I felt mm-hmm. like it was a power move for her, and it might affect her short term in her career, but I don't think it will affect her long term. I think it will help her. Okay. I agree. And it shows a lot about her character. That, Like you said, short-term, it may be a problem, but it really builds a foundation for who she wants to be, you know, in this job. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a great choice. Excellent. Do you want to share yours, Jay, or do you want to hold out longer? I'm going to go with Bosch. A, because I never pick Bosch, which I should mm-hmm. because, hello, it's a Bosch podcast. But <laughs> I'm going to go with Bosch because – you know, we're we're approaching the end. He's the, approaching the end of his investigation, and he's really, I mean, he's always 100% in now, but he's really dialing into the nitty-gritty. I mean, you, you know, this whole thing with Snyder and Lincoln, and just he, he's now, I mean, he knows this is it. He's mm-hmm. approaching that corner where he does not have to ever turn back because he's got the answers. And so for me... And it might even be going forward the next two episodes, too. I think he's my guy. He's the guy I'm watching because okay. ultimately he makes or breaks everything. Well, yeah, and the show's named after him. So Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean that, too. That's, I think that's a solid choice every week. I think you, but I do <laughs> see your Good job, Oliver. <laughs> thanks, All right, thanks. Sharon, did you want to uh, jump in with yours, or do you want to go last? Your choice. Well, I'll go in it, I guess. I All mean, right. they have good choices, as always. I mean, and this may be no surprise, maybe it is. I don't I just kind of like Pierce in this one. I yeah. Just, <laughs> I, well, you know, obviously. But, no, he's just always this calming sense, and when he's out there looking for the bullet, and everything's so mm-hmm. methodical, and he's perfectly fine out there on his own, and he's handling yeah. it. And I just love that about him. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great choice. I loved watching that scene of him, you know, doing, you know, checking for the trajectory. And, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he's probably like, uh, he'd be a great student, wouldn't he, Sharon? Probably so, yeah. But he's analytical. And then when he was up there talking to the guy, and he's like, yeah, everybody counts, you know, mentioning the guy's name. And that was just just a nice tie-in with everything, I think. 
It certainly was. It certainly was. I really, I really appreciated that scene and um, that he, Lanny Johnson, that he, he mentioned the guy's name because the, the other, the new conductor or whatever, you know, was on duty was like, wow, you know, we haven't been hearing his name in the news. Right. And you're right. You know, everybody matters. Everybody counts. So yeah, that was, that was really good. And then, you know, he does, he has the Merce, um strapped, you know, across his shoulder and he finds that, uh, he finds that bullet. So it's his lucky charm, I guess. But I mean, really, he's just good at good at his job. So yep. he volunteered to do that. You know, he didn't. He's not needing as much direction these days. Wouldn't you all agree? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. No, he's a man all himself. Yeah. 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 He's, he's no longer a pup. He's a big dog now. Yeah. <laughs> his you have really seen his confidence grow, and with good reason. He has. He's very talented at what he does. Um, okay. I um, have a few I could choose between, but I'm going with Robertson this week. Um, I already talked about June and how awesome she is. I, I love the how she helps Irving and is just such an interesting character. And part of me wanted to go with Jay Edgar, but I, I've settled on Robertson. And I think he played a key role in this whole setting up this whole interrogation um under the presumption that it was interrogating Rooker, but really they wanted to be interrogating Lincoln because Rooker was hesitant. And um, if you recall, Robertson says, um, you know, Bosch is the one who believed in Frankie all along, you know, he was basically, you know, putting out the olive branch saying, you know, Bosch is a good guy. Bosch is, we're trying to do the right thing and trying to help Frankie, you know, he believed him all along and that couldn't have been super easy for Robertson with, with all that's been going on. I mean, we know he's talked about wanting to do a transfer and we know he's made some snide remarks to um, Bosch and sort of, you know, he messed with the um, trying to capture Frankie, you know, when he was at his house, he told the folks to move in closer when Bosch had explicitly said, have them kind of pull back. Um, So I think, I guess he was just really a team player in making that happen and, um, you know, getting in there to be able to catch Lincoln in some of her lies. Does that make sense? I'm, sometimes I'm way too wordy. Oh, no, I, 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 I actually kind of liked him this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an interesting fella. And um, and I like I always like Jimmy Swagger. So that's good stuff. He's um, So those are, those were great people. I mean, there were so many choices, and we could probably each pick two or even three from this episode there. Everyone was in this episode. I think, you know, they all had a good part of the story. So, well, Sharon, I also, um, again, we don't want to keep you, but thank you for doing that segment with us. And do you have any questions either for us or about this episode that you just want to throw out there? Well, one thing that stuck out to me, how did, Snyder know about the cameras, but Lincoln didn't. Oh, she Sharon <laughs> is on the ball. I never thought of that. I did, I did not. I wow. That, wow. I mean, because they're partners, right? Right, and they're both internal affairs. Right. Now they. Okay, let know, me think this through. No, that's very insightful. Is okay, I'm trying to think. Is there any scenario where where Lincoln would have played it like she didn't know because she didn't know if they knew. Is, I'm mm. trying to think back. Is that a possibility? Um, 
Because if she Possibly, knew there were but the, Go ahead. Maybe yeah. the look on her face when Bosch okay. said something about it, it was just like, oh. But, no, I mean, yeah, you're right. You could have been playing that off, too. Well, it's hard to say. The thing is, when when you're when you're guilty of something and you know you're holding something back and you have some sort of skeleton in that closet, one way or the other, and someone like Snyder gives you the cold shoulder like she got this episode, you got to start to Ooh. have your spidey sense tingling. That's the that's my thoughts. Mm. That's great. That's an interesting take as well. All right, well, ever be Titus the third? What are you? How are you going to weigh in on this one? I don't. I don't think she knew. I'm, I. I okay. mean. I mean, I guess she could have been playing it off, but I just, I don't know. That's not the feeling I get. And mm-hmm. I think it's a hugely valid question. And I guess it goes to somehow she had or was privy to this knowledge, maybe a different investigation. Maybe mm. maybe she was paying attention to something that, like, I mean, who knows? But yeah. I think that's a, a huge question. And I'm a little disappointed that you two uh, didn't think about this. <laughs> well, that's why we wanted to have Sharon here because we it's true. always think of something. She always thinks of something that we don't. So, I mean, duh. <laughs> so, uh, Sharon, do you ever work Bosch into your lesson plans? I know you've done that with another show. Yeah, not really. Okay. More, I'm, you know, I'm elementary kid, so yeah, that yeah. Stuff there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I'm but, sure you know, guys... some of Pierce's temperamental and stuff, sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys, do you have anything else for Sharon, or should we let her off the hook for now? No, we can I... we can definitely let her off the hook, but super appreciate you coming on. Uh, you sure and do. I hope you know how much we appreciate all that you're a part of with everything, because for real, you're you're awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'm glad you guys asked and asked and asked <laughs> <laughs> and asked again <laughs> and asked. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We're 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 nothing if not you know persistent. good at yeah. pestering. Yeah, okay, that's a better word. That's a better word. Persistent. persistent. I like that better. Yeah, that's go. good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, you know, we'll be talking to you out there on Twitter. We've got we've got All another right, favorite absolutely. show tomorrow night. All right. That's Bye, right. Shannon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. That was super fun. Heck yeah, that was awesome. And big shout out to Juwan for uh, for going along with all this too, because we know he's a busy guy. And uh, he is. He's been doing some directing the last few days. I mean, he he's got a lot going on, Um, but he does. I mean, we talked to him about that before. He appreciates the fandom so much, and uh, he really he's really. Yeah, his character is just really shining yeah. this season, yep. coming into his own. So, yeah, that was that was really nice. And Sharon, she always has something, you know, that we don't think of. She's got great insights. So, welcome back anytime, Sharon. You know, right now, she, now she knows the drill. So, you it, know. next episode, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if any of any of our other, you know, listeners ever want to participate. Let us know. We could, you know, we could try to make that happen. We love getting some other yep. input besides just, you know, hearing from each other. We're used to each other. Plenty <laughs> of Bosch to go around. Plenty, yes, that's right, Officer Pete. There's plenty of yep. Bosch to go around. Kind of it. No doubt. All right, so we, we kind of went through a recap. I mean, there was so much in this episode, so I, I know we didn't hit on everything, um, but it you you know, 
we know you're watching the show and send us some feedback on some stuff we, we didn't cover that you think we should have, but we went through persons of interest with Sharon. Um, we did a little bit of interrogating and she had that great question for us. Do you guys have a question for me, for each other, for the Jay, interrogation? Go God, man, you know, it's funny cause <laughs> I don't want to go after Sharon's question because I got I nothing. I mean, I mean, I got nothing like that. Nothing, uh, you know, because here I sat stunned. Like, why didn't I? Why didn't I think about this? And, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, I I think um, my my only like question, um, and it kind of goes with what I was talking about a little bit before with Bosch and how everything is kind of getting to the point where everything's wrapped up and we're learning the answers and we're finding out things. Um, My question for you guys is, do you think there's more bumps in the road? You know, are we going to have smooth sailing for here or are there going to be further hiccups that just maybe don't throw a monkey wrench into things, but um, are we as close as I think maybe I am, I guess is the question I'm asking you guys. I sure hope so, because we only have two episodes left in the season, and I don't want this thing left open. I understand that all the storylines won't wrap up because we always have some continuing, but I really need to have Elias's murder solved. Um, so, so, A, I Agreed. hope we don't have too many more hiccups because I want to <laughs> know, you know what happened and get some justice because that's what Bosch does. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, only two episodes left, I, you know, I, I have to, to wonder, you know, right. that would be a zinger if we, if we didn't, you know, if there was a, I, I wouldn't, I guess I'm not expecting, I'm expecting more continually more answers at this point. So it would surprise okay. me if there was another big hiccup, but if they it did, that would that would and that would be a be a surprise. That would be something unexpected. What about you, Pete? This is gonna run down, I believe, to the last do you, I mean or should I say, do you guys believe that it's gonna run down to the last second of the last episode to to have the final resolution? Maybe not even like a fallout, so to speak, but some sort of battle to the end is my opinion. Is it time for my questions? Uh, you can go next, sure. Okay. Unless unless you had something else to say about your own question, Jay. Yeah, Jay, would you? Have? No, I'm I'm good. I mean, it's it's Bosch, and I've learned with Bosch, they it, there's so many things in law with the show that it wouldn't surprise me to have mm-hmm. another hiccup. I don't think that there's going to be a hiccup that derails everything we've learned so far. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm with you. We need we need to get to this. I need to I need to know the answers. Mhm. Okay. All right. What do you? What's your question for the interrogation room, Pete? Okay. So I couldn't come up with a really solid episode question, you know, without really going into specifics. So what I did is I brought up a few points. I'm going to bring up each point, and now there might not be no answer to some of these points, so they would just become points that I say. But if you have an input, I want to know. And it's about three or four points, but they're quick. So let me just run through it real okay. quick. This is true. Okay. Okay, so the first thing that got me confused is that we had no surveillance on Maddie yet again. After all this happened, and you know there's an ongoing investigation, 
How is Maddie, at least, out of all of them, not being secret, secretly surveilled by the police department? That's okay. my first point. Okay. Um, I think it was really scary that if they didn't have a camera in the um, room, in the evidence locker, then somebody could have signed in as somebody else, switched out the evidence, framed a cop, and the cop could have got in a lot of trouble. I thought that was mm-hmm. very scary. Um, mm-hmm. The slug that killed the operator. <laughs> when he went looking for that, the first thing I thought was, Shouldn't he have been looking for that the first day this happened? Wasn't that something that should have been <laughs> taken in before they decided to, to put Frank on, like, a 48-hour watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All okay, right. Okay, now, this was the question that I that stemmed from this – is the, this is the original question. Um, I watched Bosch this episode, and I know he was trying to act a certain way because of – he's trying to, you know, pin Lincoln in a corner where she can't get out of. But I also know he's going through this grieving process with Illinois. He's got a thousand cases on him. Now, does he seem off? And if he seems off, do you guys think that it's because he has to act like he's off to, you know, for Lincoln? Or do you think it's because he's still grieving over the Illinois thing? Do you think he, does he seem off to you guys or is that just me? Mm, I didn't really, I'm trying to think if I noticed anything because I didn't really think of him as as seeming off he seemed pretty smooth when he's trying to you know box her in like that he seemed believable okay, okay my point exactly when is Bosch ever smooth <laughs> okay so maybe it was too good of a performance you're saying like yes, you know yes, as I far as so you know, if I knew Bosch what do you guys think oh I mean that's a good point if you really know him would you know that's a good question what do you think Jay I, you know, I think it kind of goes into what I was saying earlier, though. I think, you know, he knows he's about to wrap this up. I think he knows he's he's at the end. He's getting all the answers he needs that um, – because I didn't feel like – I mean, I I feel like I need to go back and rewatch now just to see if maybe I missed something in his mannerisms or whatever. But, you know, Bosch, when – I feel like when he starts getting those answers and that puzzle is almost complete, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if smooth is the word that I would have used, but he's ready to, you know, knock it all down and close it all up. So You know, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a better description was like he was getting in his groove. Like it's almost like he was on a little bit of a high, yeah. like, you yeah. know, like, yeah. But it could could be a little telling, but um, I think I, – I think, now that I think about it, a lot of it was just that he's getting in his groove and ready to, you know, get this thing solved. Now back to a couple of your your points, Pete, um, about the looking for the the slug that went through the the operator. Um, Bosch did assign, didn't he assign Lincoln and Snyder to look for that the first night? They weren't really happy about it, I think. He had them on that, and he thought it was kind of a um, – like he didn't trust them real far. You yeah. know, he wasn't giving them a long yeah. leash, but I think he tasked them with doing that. And I'm trying to remember – I have this inkling that Pierce brought up looking for it before, but I don't know if he had Well, Pierce volunteered. Yeah, he Pierce did volunteer. And he looked for it. So Bosch yeah. didn't assign it to him. So they were just going to let this slide. Like, see, that's, that's the little things that make me think like – is, is it really not that? Was it not that important until it was the like just gasping for straws? No, I mean I think that if if Pierce hadn't volunteered, then it would have been assigned to someone. At that point, okay. they would need that bullet to you know to disprove the other or whatever. Um, 
you know, if they, you know, depending on what information they could get out of Lincoln or how that went down. But your other question, what was your other point? Because I had some thoughts the, on that too. The Maddie surveillance or the no surveillance? Oh, yeah. If they didn't have that, a camera in the room. <laughs> yeah. That, you mean, I, I do realize that she reached out to Bosch and told him that she was going to be late, but she didn't tell him where she was going. To me, that would have been a red flag. I would have at least thought Bosch would have said, where are you going? I know he's trying to trust her and their relationship, you know, their trust in each other is growing. But, but yes, Pete, I, I, the whole thing made me really nervous. I mean, the fact that she's just walking through there alone, even if there wasn't, um, and maybe that's just the mom in me, I don't know, even if there wasn't this, even if her mother hadn't been murdered and there's all these other things that are scary, I would think just her walking alone around there, especially into the nighttime, it, it made me nervous and uncomfortable. And I don't know if they were trying to achieve that sort of effect to have us feel nervous for her. I don't know if that was part of it, but, but I certainly was. And I do, I would think that there would be someone watching her more closely. What do you think about that one, Jay? I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, I, I, you know, I don't. I have to admit, I don't think that I thought about Maddie and the whole surveillance thing. But I think Pete's right, um, and I'm not so sure she would be so keen on the idea of some official surveillance. But I'm surprised yeah. that somebody wasn't yeah. keeping a better eye on her. Uh, yeah. But she's pretty darn independent as it is. Yeah. Um, and then for his point on the surveillance in the, the evidence area or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it is scary to think mm-hmm. that, you know, somebody could use somebody's name. And I and I wonder procedurally what broke down there. Because even if there wasn't a camera, I mean, somebody should be checking ID. We're talking about evidence for cases upon cases upon cases that, you know, police and prosecutors need um, that uh, even without a camera, there's obviously some kind of procedural breakdown that she could get away with. I don't don't know. The whole thing is is pretty insane that it could happen. So I agree Mm -hmm. there too. And what about the fingerprint? How does that come into play? Because they were fingerprinting them too. Do they not run that right away? Do they only look at that if there is a question later on? Because I thought they... You sign in, you have to have an ID and a fingerprint. Um, yeah. Because, you know, she couldn't have duplicated that. Um, so, right. Yeah, it, it's interesting. But that, that's a good point, Pete. Um, it's scary thinking about how things could go wrong. You know, it, it does make you think about some of those opportunities. You, you want to think that cops are always honest and doing the right thing. You don't want to think about the ways that um, things, rules could be broken and so forth. Um, okay. So question I have for you guys. Um, okay. Bradley Walker. Um, in the beginning of the episode, ice comes and picks up the, was it Alberto Bandigos? I think was his name. He's the one that's the arson suspect. And Irving had asked him in the last episode, he said, I think we have a guy on your construction crew that we're looking at maybe for the arson. Can you you basically help facilitate us picking him up, you know, and questioning him? Well, they didn't even get a chance to get there and question him or apprehend him before ICE picked him up. And right after they pick him up, we see Bradley Walker pull up in the car. Um, 
I, I would think that he would have seen them taking him away, and he had the name. So do you think he had an opportunity to stop them or be involved? Do you think um, Do you think he asked Ice to come? Do you think he um, – or do you think he just wasn't aware of what was going on? He was in a conversation about trying to get a loan or a bridge for a loan. His finances sound like they're in a predicament. Um, but what do you think was happening there? Because he did say oh. he would help. Yeah. He's, man, you know, I've never liked this guy. <laughs> never. I've never. And he's just so. He's like that shady that makes you cringe, at least for me. Uh-huh, and yeah. so, I mean, obviously we don't know if he turned him in. We we don't know even if he could have even stopped it from happening. But what we do know is he obviously knew something happened, and he didn't give two cares about it at all. Right, yeah. And yeah. so for me – whether or not he could have stopped it or whether or not he had anything to do with it, I don't like this guy, man. Mm-mm. He's not a cool dude. That's 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 it. That's my answer. Like I've said before, he doesn't seem sincere, and that's a trait that bothers me. And like you said, he didn't do anything. He didn't get involved at all one way or the other after he had made you know a commitment to the chief. So that right. when you break a promise or you know don't follow up on what you've agreed to do. That is not a good thing in my book. What about you, Pete? Any any words on that? I think um, he. I think it was more of like. A, I mean, it looks like he's he's going to to take him to do the right thing. So I, I and you know when you when you're the when you're the top dog of a business and every and it's a rough business. And you got to do certain things to get there. We don't know his past. We don't know what he had to do to get to get where he is. You know, a lot okay. of people like that. It's just, it's you know, they don't seem sincere, but that's because they can't be sincere. You know, if if how many people and friends and um, coworkers do you think Bradley Walker's team had to go to funerals for over the course of his career? You know, you start sure. to lose that mm-hmm. compassion. So okay. maybe he's doing a business thing where he's like, you know, you brought up this guy's name. I'm gonna have these guys pick him up for me. I'm gonna bring him to you. Or I'm at least gonna, you know, you know, if he if he's doing wrong, then he's gonna prep him. If he's not doing wrong. That it's a favor for a favor because they want this Elias thing to be done. He, you know, Bradley Walker has made it his business to say, "I want this this um, Elias thing in the, done," and mm-hmm. maybe if he brings them the one guy, they'll do do the Sheen thing and wrap it up quicker. That's my thought okay. when I saw that. Okay. Um, okay. Pete is way too nice. He's way too nice. He's a <laughs> He's got a couple too. ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Yes, I like to all see right. all sides of it for all our listeners. <laughs> Well, as far as evidence locker tonight, I think we've hit a lot of the the evidence and the findings and um but one piece that we haven't talked about is a gun that comes back with the prints of someone okay, I gotta remember his name. Is it Clifton Campbell? Curtis Campbell? I think, um I think you had it right with Clifton, right? Okay. Oh, see, and I was leaning towards Curtis. Well, it's uh, one of them, Tracy. Okay. We need Sharon again. And and the reason the reason we don't we're having struggling with that name is because we don't know him by that name. What name do we know nope. him by, Pete? 
That's my boy, the Koreatown. Well, not my boy, but that's one of my favorite guys. <laughs> the show, the Koreatown Killer. <laughs> we know him as the Koreatown Killer. And uh, when they get those prints back on that gun, and they get that name, and they run that name, ooh, they find all these things he's stolen, hidden runs, and uh, assault, and all these things. And they realize that Crate and Barrel have solved the mystery, the case of the Koreatown killer. And they are so excited and delighted with themselves that they solved it, what, like two days? Two days? After all this time. Yeah. Now, can I ask a question about this, please? Sure. Of course. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I forgot a part here, but didn't they arrest somebody for this crime, for these crimes already? And hasn't he been sitting in jail the whole time? Did I miss his release? No, but they're going to have to let him go. If they still haven't, if they haven't figured out already that he's not the one, they definitely need to let that fella go right now. Um, so, and does anybody remember what they called themselves when they realized they had solved that case? Oh, I don't. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Trivia. I should know. <laughs> Zen masters. They call themselves Zen masters. That's right. Yeah, so that was that was a fun scene, Um, but yeah, that's that pretty much. I think we're done with the Koreatown killer. You had talked to Pete about wanting some backstory, and you just didn't want to let that one go. But I think that one is wrapped up for sure. So, before we um, leave our listeners with a wonderful interview with Michael Conley, um, do you have some trivia for us this week, Pete? Are you letting us off the hook? Um, I have trivia. Of course, I have trivia for you guys. Oh, of course, you do. Okay. All, All right. right well, I question. think we get into it. What is the Korean town killer's real name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cheat and look at my at my notes because I think I put it in there in my recap. But I, I think it's Curtis Campbell. Okay. okay. What about you, Jay? That's what I was leaning towards. That was what I was leaning towards, but I don't know. I can't say I know for sure. All right. Our listeners are going to have to tell us because I have no clue either. Oh, um, Sharon, this, where well, are you? I'm about to call Sharon. We let Sharon go too early. Yeah, that was not a real trivia question. I made that up like now. Um, Here's the actual yeah, trivia questions. All right. You ready All for right. the easy one? Mm-hmm. Okay. When Irvin says he wants to do surprise site visits, what are the four units that he goes he goes and does the visits visits to? He names four units. Yeah. Oh well, four gosh. areas. Four areas that he wants to do the site visits, the surprise site visits. Uh, that's the easy one. I quit. <laughs> all I re- all I remember is he said like the assistant chiefs. I thought. No, he said don't tell the assistant chiefs because he wants oh, to be a real surprise. Them. Are you guys ready to hear the truth? Okay, I'm gonna say yes. southeast. But go ahead and tell me the real answer. Okay, it's valley, central, west, and south. Wow, I didn't even remember that's that he named four. I was gonna say that the whole time. Yep. Okay, well that was the easy one. I'm in trouble. 
Yeah, for the question you're really not going to get, um, when Bosch gets a call from the cor- coroner's office, he says that, you know, it's going to be a cremation, and he gets recommended a place, and he says the last four digits of the phone number of that place. What are those four digits? Oh, Three, two, eight, nine. She got it! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> when I was... What? Why Three, do you know eight, that? Nine. Because when I was rewatching the episode to to write up my recap for FanFest, I said, dang it, that's something that Pete would ask me that's, like, miserably hard. And I decided to write it down. I made a note. I made a separate note thinking that if he asks – so you've trained me, Pete. You're kind of – got to change it all yeah. up now. Change the whole stuff. Coming up now. New kind of <laughs> question. I'm so excited that that paid off because I was like, it's a number. It'd be really hard to recall that. I'm going to write it down. This is a <laughs> conspiracy. That is fine work. That's why they call you captain. <laughs> that is right. Thank you, Officer Pete. You might just get a promotion for that commendation. Okay. Jay, did you have anything that you wanted to um, mention about our fun, interesting, insightful interview with Michael Conley, or do you just want to let the, the listeners um, just enjoy it? You know, let them enjoy it. What a true pleasure to talk to such mm-hmm. a genius. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, just enjoy it. Yes, just enjoy it, and you will. Hello, this is Michael Connolly, executive producer of Bosch, and you're listening to the Everybody Counts podcast. We are super lucky to talk to the genius behind uh, those best-selling novels of uh, our man Harry Bosch and the Bosch series, we're going to get to talk to Michael Connolly. Michael, awesome. welcome to the Everybody Counts podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, welcome. Really happy to have um, you. We obviously are, the name of the podcast is homage to the, you know, the wonderful quote that everybody's so inspired by um, in the series. And, and we just kind of wanted to reflect on the, uh, you know, for folks that listen to the podcast or give comments that um, everybody's opinion counts as well. You know, when we're kind of breaking down the story and giving our theories um, that everybody's opinion counts or, or nobody's opinion counts. So, yes, we're so excited to have you here. I'm Tracy. And, Jay, did you introduce yourself? That's no, Jay. I'm Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, I'm Mike. There you go. Yeah. Oh, good. We got it straight. <laughs> All right. Ta-da. I think Jay's going to kick it off with our first question for you yeah i want to start off talking about how the fans are are thrilled every season um really about the way that the show brings the books to life for instance me i came to the season late um season two and a half i think uh and tracy bugged me for a long time because i read the books and i was too afraid to jump into a series and be like oh it's not as good as the books but she convinced me and i'm one of those fans too that I love how it's come to life. What are a couple of the things that you attribute most to that? And what is your role been in kind of managing that faithfulness to it? Well, the, uh, a few key things were, um, the assembly of writer. Well, it's funny. I start talking about something and then I really realized there's like, you know, five other things. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a, it, a lot of good things came together, but I think initially, um, the first person that came to me about doing a show, his name is Henrik Baston. He's an executive mm-hmm. producer on the oh, show. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And I was kind of reticent to do anything. Um, oh. Probably some of the same reasons you had, same same kind of like worry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, 20, 20 years ago, I created a, it wasn't based on my books, but I created a TV show that was about a task force, federal task force with LAPD attachment. And it was set in Los Angeles and it jumped through all the hoops and made it to TV and they filmed it in Vancouver. And they had a truck with a bunch of palm trees on it that they would put these oh. palm trees around sets and it was, became <laughs> L.A., yeah, and um, it, it it's not L.A. and so right. I right. kind of was scarred by that, and so when I mm. discussed the possibility of doing a show with Henrik, uh, he said I will put in writing that we'll shoot every shot in, in, in even mm. interiors, everything will be shot in Los Angeles. Wow, wow, so that was awesome. a big give because that's expensive to do. Um, but the very first day of any kind of discussion that led to the show included that promise and then on top of that he impressed me as someone who um really knew the books uh you know in that okay. first meeting he brought a uh, a rifle shell and put it on the table and he goes that's the de- kind of detail i love in your books and oh uh, yeah the show and and that was Bosch's habit of collecting yeah. shells at wow. officer funerals and mm-hmm. so awesome. i was impressed by him then we had to kind of Start building the village, and he and he brought in a producer who had produced Heat, the movie for um, Michael Mann, and obviously knew uh-huh. L.A. For, very well because that's the signature L.A. film. And then you know we we got a, a showrunner who also I happened to have an acquaintance with, and I had discussed my books with. So again, I went to somebody who knew the books, and so we kind of built this uh crew of people that wanted to realize the books. They didn't come to it with the idea like, yeah, the books are good, but I have this idea in which way in the way we should go. It was people that were loyal to the books. And I think that helped a lot. And obviously we can't be one hundred percent loyal to the books because oh, we sure. need to make a decision. Sure. You know, do we if mm-hmm. if we want Bosch, for example, to be a Vietnam vet, then we have to make this a period piece. Uh, we have to sh- make it 1990s L.A., and it's enough different uh, 25 years back that you're looking at a massive amount of money in, in the budget just, sure. just to make things, you know, cars from the 90s and so forth. So we uh, we made it a decision that we would make it contemporary L.A., and that forced changes. Um, but And so those changes are throughout all the seasons, but, you know, at the center of it is the guy who's Harry Bosch, so ultimately, mm-hmm. the answer to your question is we got Titus Welver, who <laughs> is dedicated to realizing the guy yeah. who's in the uh, in the books, and he, he does a fabulous job. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Did you have him in mind at some point yourself, or I was the one who initially put his name into the hat because, okay. um, you know, I, I had that experience twenty years ago, and got burned by it, so I stayed away from TV for like 20 years, well, 15 mm-hmm. years at this point. And so I was very intimidated. We were going to have a meeting. Our showrunner, Eric Obermeyer, said, obviously our, uh, the most important decision we have to make is who's going to be Harry Bosch, and it's really about what he carries inside him and project. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had this meeting with casting agents, and Henrik was there, and all the principals of the show and there was like a five-page document with tons of actors' names on it, and they spanned wow. 
from like no chance we'd get someone. I think even Brad Pitt's name was on there. So it was a lot of <laughs> stuff that wasn't realistic. And right. there were many actors I didn't know. So I'm sitting there on my phone running these names through IMDb so I can look at them. <laughs> um, but one name that I just coincidentally about a month before this meeting, I had seen a, uh, a uh, TV show where Titus Welver um, was a guest star and he played a military vet with PTSD Oh. And I saw aspects in, in that performance where I thought that's kind of like what we're looking for for Harry Bosch. So I, I you know, he's a familiar face, but I didn't even know his name. So I, you know, yeah. backed up the, right. the video and uh, wrote his name down. And then I go to this meeting and his name's not on the list. And, and so I'm a little bit intimidated. Do I bring him up mm-hmm. or is this guy like a known jerk that no one wants to work <laughs> with? I, I didn't know. So when we kind of went through all the pages, I then um, said, hey, um, what do we think about Titus Welliver? And then I braced myself to be um, thrown out of the room or whatever. And they said, oh, yeah. we love him, but we didn't put him on this list because he's making a movie in Hong Kong all summer. This was like oh. in June. And so they said, we can't get him to come in and you know do an audition. And so then we went down. So it was kind of dismissed, and I felt bad about it, but there were other names on the list that were exciting. So we kind of went down this road and talked to several actors, had auditions, and, you know, something like seven or eight weeks later, we didn't, we still didn't have the the Harry Bosch that made everybody in the room say, yeah, that's him. Mm -hmm. And then we were told um, that Titus was coming back on a break from filming, and he would be in over like a long weekend and if we were still interested he'd come in so we we went and so he came in on a saturday and um did a scene he prepared it on the plane flying back from hong kong and um really nailed it and um then we thanked him and he left and uh, right away someone it wasn't me someone someone else in the room said i think that was harry bosch and then everyone oh. agreed and then we ran out in the parking lot and grabbed him before he left Oh nice. wow! And it kind of gives me chills just hearing all that. That's so yeah, that's amazing. Well, well done, well done. Um, you kind of, you mentioned uh, you referred to the the changes, you know, in, in updating the the timeline of the stories. So that kind of leads into this question. You, we can see that season four highlights the impact of social media on the police department in in so many different ways and so many different scenes. It crops up all over the place. Is there a reason you chose to shed light on that topic in this season as opposed to a prior one? No, I mean I think we have a general feeling a rule that you know you know take what's out there now. We're we're contemporizing mm-hmm. these stories. Um, that the latest season is essentially Angel's Flight, which is um, going on 20 20 years old, the book. Right. And so we knew, you know, the framework of what happens and so forth, we could could easily advance, but you then have to uh, add in things, not just social media, but Black Lives Matter and all the different things Mm -hmm. that are going on in the world today. And, you know, from my standpoint, I love that aspect of this. Um, I -hmm. guess there might be some writers who – don't want to, um, you know, mess around with what they've written and it's got to be exactly as they've done. I don't feel that way. I really feel like we can tell these stories again, contemporize them, and even make them better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I look at books I wrote in the 90s and feel like that was a learning period for me and I've gotten better as a writer. Mm, and so I sense. don't think these books are sacrosanct. I think um, there's room for improvement as well as contemporizing them. 
well, it, it was it played really well. It, it really added to the season for me, and it really made me think about some things, especially about the protesting and and how a protest uh, sort of transforms differently when you have social yeah. media involved the way it used to. So it's really great food for thought. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Would you have Jay next? I want to talk about um, Harry and Jay Edgar just for a second, and just their kind of their dynamic together and, and the loyalty that they kind of have between one another. Cause I think we, as, as fans, we, we love that. What do you think makes that relationship so powerful to you? What, what makes that relationship the way that it is? Well, first I should say that's an example of telling the stories better because they did not have that relationship. In right. The books. Right. And, yeah. and, and um, Edgar is pretty much a, uh, one or two dimensional mm-hmm. character in the books and, and it's he's quite different and fuller in in the show. And I think the thing between them is that they have a partner's trust and in the course of the four seasons we've broken it, we've damaged it and we yeah. we're slowly rebuilding it. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty good drama, especially when it's between two characters that were, you know, predisposed to like. We we like both those guys. Um, they're both, um, you know, good detectives and they're dedicated and they face different family issues and so forth. But um, we want to ride with them. And mm-hmm. it would be really good if we could ride with them together. But um, they're having their difficulties at the moment. And so, I don't mm-hmm. know, I think that just, that kind of stuff just works really well in drawing okay. people in and along on a show. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you added a lot of depth to to their relationship this season, at the end of last season, and then again this season, because people really cared about it. People were really worried all year, you know, about what was going to happen, right. and um, it, it mattered. And I think that's so important, you know, in storytelling, it, it really mattered. Yeah, we just we're big fans of of, of those two. Um, I wanted to know if you could tell us um, some about the Twice a Citizen Award you received um, from the Reserve Foundation. And might we see some reserve officers, um, that type of role, featured in the TV show at some point? Um, it was It's really a, a great honor that I, I surely don't deserve. But because of oh. in the more recent books, Harry Bosch has retired and works as a reserve. Yeah. Uh, they, they saw it in their... Uh, capacity to give me an award um, because, uh, you know, it came at this uh, banquet where they're celebrating the stories of the reserves. And, you know, these are people that put in a lot of hours every month, you know, for Mm -hmm. next to nothing. Um, They're very voluntary. And so it's it's really, you know, the definition of heroism to me. Mm -hmm. Does this put themselves in harm way. You know, a lot of people want to give back to the community, a small percentage do, and even smaller percentage give back in this way, you know, where they go through police training, they put on a badge and a gun, and they're out there in harm's way, um, you know, one shift a month, two shifts a month, one a week, all the, you know, all kinds of levels of involvement, and the pay is fifty dollars a month, um, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, so, yeah. and and there's there's lots of them, and they, the department would be crippled without them, and where they fill in and so forth. Last year we had one solve a cold case murder, a reserve. Wow! Working wow! You know, and um, there's they're they're in all they're not just guys who like do roadblocks and so forth. They're in all mm-hmm. divisions, all, all um, investigation, um, forensic sciences. They're they're all over the place. 
In fact, the reserve of the year is a neuro, neurosurgeon oh, who um, wow. does patrol um, something like, um, I forget what they said, something like 80 hours a month he's out there. Um, oh wow. It's pretty pretty amazing. And so then for them to give me an award just because I wrote about a guy who does oh. it, seems, <laughs> you know, I felt really uh, unworthy. Um, well, he really brought attention to it. I mean, I had, yeah. I didn't wasn't yeah. familiar with the concept, and I was fascinated in it when um, Wrong Side of Goodbye. So, I mean, you... and the, well, the other part about your, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I, I think oh, no. we will, we will be. You know, we're working. I'm in the writing room these mm-hmm. days, working out the fifth season, and um, because of that, um, it does have a ripple effect. Because of that banquet, a lot of the writers from the show are at the banquet. We have had discussions mm. about how we could um, bring that into uh, into the uh, into the show. Um, there's another show I think it just finished its run called Major Crimes, and they apparently mm-hmm. had a, a significant uh, recurring character in that that was a uh, reserve. Okay. That's okay. Awesome. Yeah, wow. it's it's very very fascinating and very inspiring. So I just uh, I wanted yeah. to talk about that a little bit. All right, I think Jay has something a little lighthearted to serve up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We try to we try to end our interviews with uh, something a little softer, something a little easier, not not quite as serious, um, just to have a, you know a quick second of fun. So my kind of silly question is: after creating all these different characters. Um, in the Bosch universe, which one would you say you most identify with, and which one would you rather go grab a bite to eat with? Hmm. Um, it's funny when I when well, you said the universe, so that includes the TV show. Oh yeah. So yeah. I yeah. think um, having dinner with Crate and Barrel would be a blast. Oh, yeah. um, I would like that too. They're the uh, the comic relief of the show. Oh, I mean, yeah. The show that you see, they're also the comic relief of the production. They're just funny oh, guys. They're funny. they're cool okay. to be around, and um, I mean that would be a good charity auction item. You know, like dinner. Oh, it would. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the one that that is most akin to me, I have to say Harry, not because of what he does. But because mm-hmm. of his relationship with his daughter, I have a daughter who's the oh, same wow. age, and and is and um, she's the inspiration for Maddie, and so their relationship is really close to my heart because it comes out of my own relationship, oh, and so okay. like I guess what I've never solved the murder, I've never uh, I <laughs> shot I shot a gun maybe three times in my whole life, you know, so I don't have any kind of connection in, with what Harry does. For a living, I probably mm-hmm. have his same outlook on the world, um, you know, hopeful mm-hmm. and cynical at the same time. I think I share mm-hmm. that with him. But it's the fatherhood aspect where I feel like I okay. really connect with him. That's oh, great. That's really interesting. Uh, I and, love that. And, boy, did people, they're just so, um, uh, they're raving about, you know, Madison Lentz's performance and seeing that relationship grow and deepen this season. So, yeah, um, that's, she was She's just amazing this this past season. Yeah, you know I think we've raised the bar every season. Each year mm-hmm. it's getting better, and um, that's exciting and puts more pressure. Like we're in the room now, figuring out how we can do better than season four. 
how we can, mm. you know, make some of these relationships deeper, how some of these actors that have come along and done so well, we got to give them more. So there's a lot of, you know, the success breeds other pressures, but we wouldn't want it any other way. But we are right. very uh, proud that I think there's there's very few shows that can say every year it gets better, and I, I think I have no hesitation in saying that about Bosch. 100% true. 100% Absolutely. true. It, it amazes me. Because at the end of each season, I'm like, there's no way they're going to top that. And I, I swear, <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. I'm enthralled every, every episode. Like, mm-hmm. God, why are they doing this to me? Totally mm-hmm. agree. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we totally, totally appreciate your time. Uh, an absolute honor to speak with you. And, oh, cool. and just thank you for all the insights. It's just really, uh, really fascinating and such a richness to the books and the show. So thank you for giving us that. We, sure. uh, we love Good it. Luck with it. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. Take Thank care. you. Appreciate your time. Right. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, wrap it up for tonight. We've got two episodes left. Uh, you can find the podcast at so many shows.com and play it um, directly from there, or you can find it on iTunes and send us some feedback for the tip line if you like at Bosch. Bosch at so many shows.com via email. Yep. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And hey, let us know if you want to do a guest spot. We got a couple, a uh, couple of episodes left here uh, for season four. Let us know if you want to jump on at some point. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. It was a pleasure. Always See you, everybody. Fun, guys. See you Bye. Next. Bye. Good night.